you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL podcast is actually three kids in a trench coat. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal, back from vacation. Mark Sessler. Uh, boys, I, I would love the trench coat scenario. I would be at the bottom. Um, supporting my two smaller compadres, uh, then it just becomes who's the the head of the trench coat and who's like the from the groin to the chest of the trench coat. It gets tricky. That's a tough spot to be. Well, I well, think it's obvious. I mean, um, no offense to Mark, but I'm clearly the lightest, so um, probably by a good amount. So I think the lightest goes on top. Oh, you do it like snowman style. I mean, I just think because if if he weighs, you know, um, significant, you know, well, you got you know, to have twenty pounds on me at least. Which you know, you're a bigger man. You're you're a more masculine man. I don't know about that. So, Mark is really toned up. I feel like in the he's last in great shape. Couple of months, but uh, th- but that muscle weighs more than than uh, skin and bones. Like, like uh, I mean, I think you're and you're so- over complimenting my body, um, Greg. <laughs> and but also, secondly, I'd say that is it a stunner? I've drawn the, the absolutely worst assignment. <laughs> Um, in this in this uh, fantasy of Dan's that I'm in the mi- I'm literally in the middle of Dan and Greg's body. That's what I've returned to from a Dan's vacation. A, Dan's is pretty bad too. I'm not you catching you a lot of pop on this. In this really, the top is the, is the best pop. You get the um, FaceTime and you don't have anyone on top of you. All right, how you doing, Mark? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I, I will say um, that something that occurred that happened to me on my vacation. I got the worst sunburn. Uh, that I've received in probably 20 years as a human. And underneath the shirt that I'm wearing, um, it, t- it hurts to even have cloth touching my body right now. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to soldier through. <laughs> I had a, uh, a similar situation in Mexico. Um, very white, like really white, like um, the Irish heritage of me, white, uh, across my torso. So... It's like, all right, today will be the day I'll, I'll lay in the sun a little bit and I'll try to get rid of this farmer's tan that I have. And so I took, in retrospect, I learned this. 
um, I took some lotion that was by the pool and just kind of did like a, almost like a Z um, across my chest. And then a day later, my entire like torso uh, was red, except for this one streak of where I put <laughs> lotion. So I didn't I didn't totally nail the application of the sunscreen in retrospect. No, mine is more like um, like a wartime scud missile just landed on my upper right. body. So right. Problematic. A little touch and go. Mm-hmm. All right. Good to see you guys. Nice to be together. Yeah. Shitty week. Shitty week here. Bad week. Bad week. In the States. It's one of those times I think of like our our uh, foreign listeners and they I almost like feel like they're uh, rightful condemnation on just uh, on us. And not, right. not that it's us, but it's it is us. I spent some um, I gave the boys like extra attention in the last few days after what happened in texas and like what you're saying you're like upset and also pissed um that this happens at all that a large segment of our population thinks the solution to this is to give more guns to people rather than you know common sense gun reform and uh to that theory f- that uh so we have as a group six beautiful children seven really when you count uh, link and uh, through Wes and Lakeisha. So, you know, thinking about them and uh, just, you know, maybe this podcast as it has been for us in the past. And we've heard from the listenership, it's a distraction um, and a, a good get to talk about football and hang out and joke around. But uh, yeah, that has been kind of a, a really um, depressing and really horrifying backdrop to this week uh, for all of us in this country. Yeah, and, and, and Greg nailed it. It's 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 the specific American problem, and I, I I do think that if you have not lived here and you're looking at how the whole thing's been handled, it's baffling. And if you're a parent or you're anyone, like I think it's completely um, against what America claims to be like America ex- exceptionalism. That when our kids go to school, like there's this little thing in your head thinking like <clears throat> that should be a, like a place where you where they go off and they they learn and they learn to socialize and grow and they're fine. And instead there's this sort of draped um, feeling of anxiety and, and fear around that. Like, especially in bigger cities where we are too, but it's all over the place, it's smaller towns. So it is a dilemma that doesn't have a quick solution because a big chunk of the country um, has turned it into something completely illogical. My neighbor yeah, you, is, um, his wife is a kindergarten teacher and he was telling me yesterday we were talking that, uh, part of her duties as a teacher now is a summer training course where you learn how to um, deal with bullet wounds and that you have to go knuckle deep into the wound to keep the blood um, from spurting out of hypothetically a child. So that that's kind of it's it's all it's all, it's heavy and it, it's a real bummer to think about. So I just I don't know if Greg, if you had something else to add, but it's no, on I'm all with of you. I'm there. with you. What you said about like. I'm all for sports being a distraction. I'm, I've been enjoying the, the Celtics and these playoffs. Like, I hate I hate more than anything. Like, in a, like the emotion that I hate in myself the most is like anger. Like when you just have sort of like a little bit of uncontrollable like anger. That's the thing I hate the most. And I think like a lot of people have been feeling that this week. And that's not a healthy feeling to be feeling all day. Um, so I'm all I'm all about sports being a distraction. That is a health that is a healthy thing to have in your life. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, get into today's show coming up um, on around the NFL. Uh, we will, you know, this was, Mark, while you were gone, 
incredible moment in the history of the show, maybe my favorite moment in the history of the show was during a conversation, uh, Greg, uh, in an incredulous manner, uh, uttered this phrase. What? 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 <laughs> and I immediately said, Gravedigger, put that in the file. That's a segment idea. And I was able to wait like a full seven days before rolling it out as a segment. So we will uh, <laughs> debut on ATN. What? 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 And it's one of those segments that we do have occasionally where we build we build it up backwards. Here's the name of the segment. Okay, what is this about? And uh, that's we'll see most how of our segments. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sneaky amount of our segments. Yeah. That's the like brilliance away... of Greg, though. The, the, right. He 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 he. Number one creates one of the classic sound drops in the show, but it morphs into a productive way uh, to build out a, a, a happy listening experience for the listeners. Potentially, we haven't done the segment yet. Maybe that's right. not true. We'll see. It could be a disaster, and in that right. case, we will pin it on Greg. Uh, and that yeah, will bring exactly. uh, me personal relief. But before that, <laughs> let us do some news. See, the hardest thing for me was leaving the life. I still love the life. And we were treated like movie stars with muscle. We had it all just for the asking. Ah, bummer of a week. Uh, got a little worse when we learned that Ray Liotta, and that, of course, from his iconic portrayal of Henry Hill in Goodfellas, by Martin Scorsese. Uh, he passed away, Leota did, at the age of 67 while shooting a movie in the Dominican Republic. Died in his sleep. Oh, you know, 67 is too young. But that, you know, shooting a movie in the Dominican Republic, you, you go to sleep and don't wake up. All right. He's had an uh, amazing career. I would say, Mark, that Goodfellas might be my favorite movie ever. Like, if someone says you have to watch one movie, you get one more, you're on death row. All right, get one more movie. I will pick Goodfellas, I think. I couldn't disagree. I mean, I, if someone put that out there and said it was their favorite, um, absolutely. It's definitely in my, hovers in my top 10. Um, I think Leota was one of the more uh, memorable faces of actors around. I mean, it's just like he, and also the way he looked when he was young and the way he looked in his 50s and 60s, he just became more Ray Liotta ish. So it's like, uh, I, I'm i with you on that. He was Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams as well. Oh, yeah. He was much younger. So um, he could do it all. Well, if you're one of those people that almost was embarrassed that they had never seen Goodfellas and waited until your 40s <laughs> to do it, which was me uh, last fall, it's still totally worth it. And I want to see it again. So like, don't be that embarrassed. Just get, just go do it and you'll enjoy it. Absolutely. All right. Ray Liotta, dead at the age of 67. Shine on, buddy. All right. Let's get into the news. Colin Kaepernick. He worked out for a team. He actually worked out for a team. This has not happened. You would... Because I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Pete Carroll has talked about maybe working out Colin Kaepernick 14 times in the past, you know, 10 years or however long he's been out of the league. He's been out of the league since 2016, but he, they never worked him out. But you know who has? The Raiders. Ian Rappaport reported Thursday that indications are that the workout went well. Kaepernick impressed uh, the team during the Wednesday workout. He hasn't played in five years now. Um, he did have a free agent visit with the Seahawks in May of 2017 uh, and threw for NFL scouts in front of NFL scouts during halftime at a Michigan spring game in April. Uh, but this is a real tangible step. We'll see if it goes anywhere, Greg. 
I I'm optimistic it will. Um, I've been hoping this could happen. That that Mark Davis of all owners um, helped to make it happen isn't surprising. He's talked openly that he's told his coaches over the years, the last few years, that if look if they wanted to bring on Kaepernick, uh, he would totally support that. Josh McDaniels has has you know liked working with mobile quarterbacks over the years, and then most importantly, there there's a spot there. I mean, you got Nick Mullins is uh is in the roster who am i forgetting is their backup quarterback mark jared stidham uh, jared stidham who they just traded for i mean let him go compete against those two guys and see i'm not as like optim you know he's 34 years old he's missed five or six years i'm not optimistic like mike florio my old boss was like oh he could come in and upgrade like three or four starting uh teams i i don't know about that but you want to let him go compete against jared stidham and nick mullins i think he'd have a real shot here to upgrade their backup quarterback spot and uh and i think that would be great for him great for the raiders great for the league i mean there is a part of me uh that you know when i look at the team doing this and i look at the chaos that surrounds mark davis on some level that it it deflects from some of that um but you're right he came out in favor of this and There have been a lot of teams and coaches here and there that have said, we'd be open to this. Um, Sure, we we think Colin Kaepernick can play, but there's been no action. So it tells you where the NFL is. And I think that their NFL coaches in general um, are hyper allergic to distraction. And they are often much more um, of the mindset that others were that what Kaepernick did. Not all coaches, but there are a lot of them out there that are not as in favor of Kaepernick's protest back in the day. The NFL was totally behind the curve on that when it happened. And here we are. There's actually a football side to this. And, I mean, you can't think of too many quarterbacks that take a five-year hiatus and then return to the league. I mean, Steve DeBerg weirdly did it. He retired in 93 and came back at the age of 44 for that Randall Cunningham Falcons team in 98 and actually started a game. But this this is atypical from a football side, but it also does matter because why aren't the why isn't a team like the Seahawks looking at Kaepernick now? Because I think he's too juicy potential-wise to sit behind what they have at quarterback. That's not true with the Raiders. I think it there's no threat to Derek Carr's job this year with Kaepernick sitting at the back of position. But he's always going to be that guy that you think about. What if Kaepernick got went to old Kaepernick levels? What could he do for you? It's funny because like uh, what Florio said that he could instantly upgrade teams. All right. I remember it was kind of a point of contention on this podcast that Chris Wessling used to talk about like, Kaepernick wasn't much of a player by the time all this happened. Uh, the uh, kneeling for the national anthem uh, to protest uh, racial I mean, injustice. But it's ra- he was like a borderline starter. He was like okay. on, he was on that list of like you. Pro- he was below the Dalton scale, but he was better than probably eight starters in the league. Yeah, I'm saying opinions vary. People sometimes want to think that the Kaepernick who left was the guy that led the 49ers to the Super Bowl, um, but he did lose 10 of 11 starts for a bad Niners team in his last season in the league. So I think there is the idea that even like the Seahawks, that he would be in there and be a more attractive option. I'm not necessarily sold on that. I don't know what Kaepernick has, because like we're saying, he hasn't played in forever now. And really, it's not his fault, but that's just the reality of the situation. Nice I'm just spot, happy though. to see a Give team the actually. Marcus Mariotto role, role from last year. You know, I know it's a different right. staff. I'm just happy role. to see someone, a team actually, like you're saying, Mark, took an action instead of just talk, talk, talk about how right. you would be willing to do it. Okay, whatever. In other news. Kyler, Kyler Murray um, still wants a contract. He 
put the Cardinals back onto his Instagram, as I understand, but I have not checked. I have to be honest with you on that. Um, but it still lingers about what his status is with the Cardinals, um, whether they will pay him. If they don't pay him, will he show up for mandatory minicamp and training camp? Well, Steve Keim, the Cardinals GM, appeared on the Pat McAfee show this week, and he was asked about Murray's contract extension and the possibility it gets done. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a timing thing, Pat. It's, it's you know, every quarterback that's done it before has done it from anywhere from July to, to September. And uh, no different for us. I mean, I have to get prepared for the NFL draft. Uh, that requires a lot of hours of tape watching, free agency at the same time. And it's, it's, it's not easy. So your time is really taken up in a lot of different directions. And you have to prioritize it. And we know that he's under contract for another year and also the fifth-year option. And um, he is our future. We feel that way strongly, and I feel like we'll be able to get something done this summer. Okay. I think something happened here. We talked about it. And as someone who does follow Kyler Murray at K1 on, on Instagram, because I just nice figured it, we're going get, to get news. Uh, Cardinals jerseys all over this Instagram now. A lot of pictures. Something happened at some point where everyone got confident. And my guess is it was a good contract offer from the Arizona Cardinals to Kyler Murray that after that, even though he's skipping OTAs, um, calm the temperature of everything going on. And like, whether that was the first offer or the second offer, whatever it was, it felt like after that point, both sides have been very confident And for him to say, I'm expecting it to happen. I mean, it, I just feel like it is happening and it, and he's not wrong. Steve Keim, that is. is. These usually happen in June or July. Is that how you procure all of your NFL news? You follow literally everyone on Instagram, then just scroll, th- doom scroll through the NFL? Sounds he is Instagram the only world. player I follow now. Because I just thought when he un- unfollowed, I was just like, well, this is going to be a story this offseason. But like, you I'm don't just- have to follow him to get the news on his Instagram uh, but I could- efforts because it's going to be everywhere as soon as he does it. But how do I know when he's in a video game tournament, which is somewhat regularly, I would say, well, if that's you follow fair. his stories. That's not followed as closely by the national media. And think, and I think you're right, Greg. I mean, I mean, there's just been a visible sort of vibe shift to all of this because we're not that far removed from, you know, anonymous and vague voices coming from inside the building uh, talking about Kyler Murray's video game obsession and, and maybe a missing DNA chip when it came to his leadership. And he came into the offseason with a terrible um, resume from this past year, this past campaign, to argue for new money. I mean, they floundered down the stretch. I know he had an ankle injury to some degree, but the playoff game was about as uninspiring from a quarterback's angle that you could imagine. Then it's like, here's Eric Burkhart putting out long, um, overly long <laughs> Russian novel messages on I love Twitter that we about know how this guy's I suddenly... name now. Like, well, just, oh, you instantly. Have to. Of course, Eric He's Burkhart. baked into the story. I don't know why it. Why does it need to wait till July? I don't know why that's the case um, in in today's NFL, but I do feel like if you hear you, Michael Bidwell, the owner, and then it then they you know they contract extend the GM and the coach. The Kyler Murray fits the scheme in theory. It just seems like this is happening. And we're just waiting on it. I, I would I would temper that by saying if you're a Cardinals fan, don't get too comfortable with that being the way this is going because there's also like this window here where actions don't need to actually happen right now and if they do start negotiating later in the summer and it's not going well and all we've heard is that they're pretty far apart at this point maybe things take a turn very quickly and all of a sudden that instagram feed greg hot off the presses again and you're the first one to get it you're right there there will be drama at some point most likely and we will um talk about it just like the drama that we missed 
uh, when you debuted the old Zeuser neon sign. Oh, yeah. What Mark, do you think, Mark? Mark? wasn't here. I was curious to you, especially what you thought about the old Zeuser neon sign as I, uh, I, I go away. Dan Hansis leaves permanently and the old Zeuser takes over. Kind of like a, uh, uh, a situation where I need to go away. Like I'm no longer Madonna Ciccone. I'm just Madonna. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, I, I think that you would think that I would be critical of it. Um, I have to be honest. I, I couldn't, I couldn't quite read it at first. Um, but now that I know what it is, it, it, I, you know Mark, what, for check you, your, and, go to the optometrist, please, <laughs> Mark. No, I, I don't just was, know. I wasn't really. Oh, and it does this. So it does. Oh, this. wow. Um, it's now shot. It's now a uh, blasting. Off. Let's see what else I, it does. I'll give you this, Dan. You're you've um, you've bought into it in a in a very convincing way. So for you, um, it's your choice. I'm happy for you. I mean, <laughs> do it for <laughs> the children. What is going it? on? Yeah, I guess I did in a way. My brother bought it for me, but I, I am hanging it. So ultimately, I am agreeing that I'm moving forward with this as part of my brand. And also that was given to you as a gift where old Zeuser was something that you gave yourself. So I actually like the idea that it came from a loved one or one that cares about you. It did. Kevin Danger hands is my brother um, right near the top of the list of the loved ones. So sure. That matters. I mean, I here's, what, like... here's what I don't love is the image of Mark Sessler driving down the 405, <laughs> listening to Matt Money Smith on the radio, and he can't see what's 15 feet in front of him. I don't know anyone. Um, who needs an eye check more than you, Mark? You got to yes, wear those Greg, glasses. Greg, I wear glasses when I drive. Usually. Oh, that's most, a good point. Most good often. Point. Okay, didn't know that. Good. You can't tell I, me, Mark, I that, that. I mean, forget about Greg's background. It's a, it's a mess back there right now. But your background I like. But what if you put a, like a quiet storm back there <laughs> and even had some type of like a graphic where it was like rainfall coming down and like a neon, some wind I mean, blowing that- in? Wouldn't that be pegged as sort of a copycat move at this point? Had I done that two weeks ago, that you're right, that would have been that's true. seize the moment. But if I go and get the same neon um, embroidered sign that you have, it just looks like I'm kind of just get stepping in line, getting into the line. Right. So. And then Greg's background right now has a you know Canadian public access 1982 feel. <laughs> it just needs mine, something. Mine is a like a public protest that uh, <laughs> we need to be in the Chris Wessling podcast studio whenever possible. So uh, I'm going to put in minimal effort into this home idea. <laughs> That's how you spur action. I like it. All right, let's hold up right here. We'll take a quick responsible break and be back with more news. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. In other news, let's get into the real nitty-gritty on this um, news day. The NFL and NFL Players Association recently agreed upon new rules for the 2022 season, notably pertaining to injured reserve and players having to miss a minimum of four games before they can return, Mike Garofalo reported Wednesday evening. Players designated for return from the reserve slash injured or reserve slash non-football injury slash illness list are eligible to come back after four games have elapsed since the date was placed on the applicable reserve list per the memo. You don't have to read the whole thing. Garofolo. Previously, players were eligible to return after three games missed in addition to changes to injured reserve rules. The NFL and NFLPA recently agreed to changes for the ramp up period for training camp and changes to practice squads, according to Rap Sheet. Got it all in there. You're a smarter football fan now. I mean, do you even want us to expand on this? No, clearly you weren't big on this. You didn't have to do it. Yeah, but then I couldn't get Tommy Lee Jones in the show. I mean, first of all, it's one of the the few uh, names that this show has helped create and that has taken off nationally. The boomerang, boomerang IR. I think has Mark it taken is, off though? And I'm being totally honest. I had nothing to do with the curation of the name, so I'm no. I think it was Marco and or Connor. No, um, it was actually it was it it was me and Wes, okay. and um, I would have to come down um, definitively on the side that it did not take off nationally. I, it pe- people still people I hear people say it sometimes, and uh, you you might joke <laughs> about this story. Okay, it's not a, it's not that interesting. It. The practice squad part of it, I actually believe, has a lot of impact in terms of how teams operate. The fact that it used to be, what, six to eight people on the practice squad, and now it's 16, and six of them can be veterans, it's getting closer to where you have, like, a a developmental team, and we need to develop these football players. We don't have a developmental league, really. You you know, you got USFL, you're trying, and it really rewards smart... It rewards... Reward smart teams, I think, that are going to be able to build guys out. And I think it's going to help the smart teams kill the dumb ones. And Boomerang IR is also very important, you know, too. It is. It is. Would you say that if you wanted to, on balance, um, look at the plus and minuses of uh, the coronavirus and all its its journey in our, in our world? Did you say and pluses? The fact, well, the pluses and minuses. I mean, would you say that the fact that it gave us... Um, this new, you know, they hastened that new IR rule because of that. Um, it, they, we are getting much more flexibility on that front. You now can put eight of these people or you have eight slots and can one person go on twice over the course of a season that maybe the, the whole thing was worth it. Like it kind of worked out for us. Like we got this tweak to the league or no. Mm. It's a good bit. Fall on either side of that. I think there are. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Let's just move on. Well, uh, in other news, the Steelers have made the move everyone expected. They officially name Omar Khan, their new general manager. Rap Sheet reported this on Tuesday night. The team confirmed it on Wednesday. Uh, Steelers owner Art Rooney II says the following. I am pleased to announce, ba 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 ba. Omar has been an integral part of our football operations department during his 21 years with the team, and that experience will serve him well in his new position. He was the in-house favorite to replace uh, the retiring Kevin Colbert. The team is also hiring Eagles VP of Player Personnel Andy Weidel as the team's assistant GM. Rap sheet reported. Uh, our old colleague Aditi Kinkabal first had that. Uh, Greg, is this Eagles dude your uh, source within the Eagles, which that leads you to <laughs> no, always root for them no. and hope that they are the breakout team in the NFC? No, based on the reporting, I, I would guess he's one of Aditi's sources and you know, power to her. Um, Wait, is this guy that? with the but Eagles? No. Is he a source or is he a friend, Greg? Don't more, it's a dangerous a territory to slip into in the football I have very few center. sources. I'm not an insider. I would I would go more more friend. Yeah, I mean, who, he's telling you, you say I don't get any. Source. I don't get any info. I don't really. Who's the source that matters? The most important source you have. You could say it here. Um, our NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. You know, what That's guy. right. That's the correct answer. How are you guys all, doing? How's your relationship, by the way? You and Rap Sheet. Mm. We haven't we haven't talked in a little while. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. He sent me a couple texts. I think you guys have to work some things out. <laughs> I like that you're introducing this publicly, but there is le- more to say on that than what are we gonna say about Omar Khan? You know, I, I could talk more on the boomerang IR. <laughs> Um, and how owners are cheap in terms of roster sizes. Um, but uh, good for Omar. Hey, our buddy Kevin Colbert joined the show. I think this will help him stick around, too. Remember he was saying, like, he might stick around depending mm-hmm. on who gets hired? Now now you would think he sticks around. Nice big fat contract to uh, simply say yes or no on concepts. I wasn't ideas. looking to uh, amb- ambush you with that breaking news about uh, you and Ian, but it just did pop in my head. And I, it just came out, and it's the off season, and we need content, and there it is. You guys you maybe need to patch some things up. And I'll leave it at that. It's fine. You, you know, it's fine. These things happen. Uh, finally, in the news, speaking of um, rap sheet. Well, first, for, first things first, the combine is staying in Indianapolis for the next couple of years, which is a bit of a surprise because uh, when we were there in February and the combine's been in Indianapolis since 1987 now, um, there were long forms in the media about the end of the era of India and the combine. It seemed like that's where it was going. We had people internally that were telling us it's definitely going to be here. Uh, but it, as it turns out, they're staying in India, at least for a couple of more years. So uh, there's that. And then in other news, our friend, Rap Sheet, we'll see. The NFL is discussing, he says, the Pro Bowl week and ways to improve it. Here we are again, including possibly eliminating the traditional game and using that Sunday to showcase the players in it. Essentially, what are the alternatives? Uh, Rap Sheet's tweet reads, Mark, does it feel like this tweet is sent by Ian every single year now? Yes. And I mean, exactly. The first thing that comes to mind is the Pro Bowl should have been dealt with um, severely about a decade ago. Uh, They've hung on to something that, I think I liked it when I was a kid. 
Um, but that was about the last time. And so <laughs> we've had I that like, conversation as well. I know. Well, that's the thing because there's nothing. <laughs> and Goodell says about the it. same thing every year too. He He's like, too. the game isn't getting it done, and people think that's news, and then just it happens again. But I, again, yeah, and then I'll come in, or somebody will come in and be like, well, we say that, but it gets the same ratings as an NBA playoff game, uh, which is true. And actually, I have a new one that I've said before, but it's kind of new yeah. to the mix, which is, Bo, my kids really do like the Pro Bowl. They're pretty excited about the Pro Bowl. And who yeah. is the most important segment of the population to market to if you're the NFL? The children, tomorrow's fans. Luke Russert, who um, is a big Bills fan. Uh, he's in the political world. Uh, his dad, of course, was uh, a famous uh, political uh, television and I don't know. What was Tim, Tim Russert's? Yeah, Tim oh, Russert. He, he did like a nightly talk show. Uh, right. Was, he was kind of a legend in that realm and and up in Buffalo, huge Bills fan. Luke, his son, I remember when I did the pain rankings on the Bills, I spoke to him about his dad and the and um, and what it means to be a Buffalo fan during their kind of down period. But he replied to Ian's tweet with what is a great idea that I haven't heard. And I apologize if someone else had this idea, but Luke tweeted it out. Instead of a Pro Bowl game, the NFL field day. Remember the field days? They're going right down the street from my house is the elementary school. And I could hear the kids going nuts right now for field day. AFC versus NFC. He says winning team splits 10 million field goal shootout, tug of war, 40 yard dash, deadlift, QB accuracy drill. I'd watch it. I mean, we outside of tug of war, we've had versions of that, you know, in the offseason for a long time. And they're more engaging than the game. I, but I would love to see like tug of war and like a giant muddy pit where they're getting very muddy. I think tug of war is the key part of this. I think we need what, how many people are on the Pro Bowl? Isn't it like 35, 40 each? We need four, we need 80 people tugging on that rope. I want to see it. (laughs) I need to see it. Make it happen. Rog. Um, All right. And finally in the news, speaking of the Pro Bowl, um, an anniversary is coming up. Uh, so it's time now. Another segment that we debuted, Mark, that you missed while you were gone. The segment is called It Came from the Internet. Ah. This is a clip I stumbled upon during preparation for today's show. Um, it's a well-known clip, but I hadn't checked it out in several years. And it was Peyton Manning at the 2000. Two, Pro Bowl, talking about his kicker, Mike Vanderjack. And while you'll say, oh, well, we don't really need to revisit this, maybe after you actually hear Peyton Manning, the young superstar of football at this time, um, what he says on the sideline during the Pro Bowl, I would watch the Pro Bowl if these things still happened to the game. Let's listen to Peyton Manning on his kicker, Mike Vanderjack, who had said some critical things of Manning and Tony Dungy, the Colts head coach at the time, days earlier on a television interview in Toronto. Here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. He has ruined kickers for life. Akers and Vinatieri, <laughs> these guys are great guys. They've been getting killed all week because our idiot ran his mouth. So when I get home, I'll deal with it. Tony and I talked about it. It's kind of funny, really, when you think about it. If he is still a teammate, we'll deal with it. You know, that remains to be seen. But the sad thing is, Lynn, he's a good kicker. He's a good kicker, but he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I adore it. 
Funson burner blowtorch at the highest levels. Tried to get him cut. I never, I didn't know about that part. He's like, if he's even still on our team, we'll see about that. Like, woo. And then if you read a little about what happened afterwards, Vanderjack had stuck with him for the rest of his career and life. Let's be honest that he was called an idiot kicker. He took that very personally uh, in interviews after the fact, even thought about filing a lawsuit for slander wow. against Peyton Manning for saying that he was drunk during the interview he gave with the Toronto television station uh, saying I was not drunk. Uh, and that relationship was forever strained. Uh, and then Vanderjack, once he got he got cut by the Colts who replaced them with Adam Vinatieri and then they won the Super Bowl. And and then uh, Vanderjack had a cup of coffee. This is a good trivia. Where did Vanderjack go after the Colts for a brief time? I don't know. I will guess the Jets. The Bucks no. feel possible. Very briefly, he landed with the Cowboys and struggled, got cut, and never played again. So at that time, he was the most accurate field goal kicker of all time. Uh, anyway, so there you go. Mm. It came from the internet. Mm. Ah. He, he's sort of synonymous, too, with coming up short in a big spot, which is it's not what you want. Not no. what you want. Missing, missing right. big-time field goal. So that that was it. We uh, do have some breaking news, though, Dan. Oh. Uh, so maybe we're not done with news. Okay. Graver's a little under the weather, so you just got to bear with him right now. A little different breaking news to the normal, but I like it. Uh, the breaking news is I had too many options for our next segment, so I'm throwing this into the news. Michael Thomas is not practicing with the New Orleans Saints um, over the last week. Did, did this fit? What? What? The segment? What? I don't even know because I'm not sure exactly what that segment is, but I think it's newsworthy because <laughs> it's like, uh, what, uh, Thomas hasn't played football in, in in how many years now? It's been a year and a half. He's played six or seven games in he's the last two seasons game, combined. Or yeah, no, he came seven back games from the in ankle 2000. injury. Okay, seven in 2000, and they had That's him it. out there, and, and uh, he's still not back on the field. Just like, I know you're not supposed to overreact to OTAs, but... Graver, man, what, dragging what, himself off here? his deathbed to, to chime in here. What you got, Gravedigger? He said seven in 2000. Oh, he sounds like shit, guys. Are you okay? I mean, 2020? <laughs> 2000 was 2020. 20 yeah, ago. 2020. <laughs> Are you, Fair. Graver, get back here. Are you okay, bud? I'm good. I got my tea. Just you know what little... I like about Graver right now? In like he, This shows a, a certain amount of confidence. He has legitimate bedhead. <laughs> like, I can tell he's not showered today, and I, I appreciate you just coming on as you are to do the job. Well, especially because we know that you're not alone there in Texas. You're, I assume you're staying at your parents' house. Okay, Correct. so that's right. Um, right. And you brought um, the woman that we've mentioned on this show, which you pretend that we don't like to mention on the show, with you. So the fact that you're rocking the bedhead in, in the afternoon, <laughs> your parents' house with this woman. Who doggy? Interesting combo. Yeah. Coming to meet the time. the parents, huh? Hmm. Yeah. So wait, Hello, so you're Ill, you're you're ill in bed, and she's out having to hang out with them, probably a lot of one on two time or daughter, yep. potential daughter in law on. Now, do they listen to people. our podcast? I just I'll ask my my dad does. My dad really? is a big okay. fan of everything that I do. <laughs> so he's heard he's heard us mention your relationship on the podcast before. He has indeed. What's your yeah. old man's name? Jay. Jay Graver. Okay. What's up, buddy? Yep. Shout out to Jay Graver. You raised an excellent son who's really uh, he's done well for himself here. <laughs> All right. Feel I better, buddy. That. Thank you. Uh, 
Feel, and it feel should be noted, Mike Thomas too. We want to see you play football again, but a little, a little concerning. That's that's I'm just that is concerning. That little concerning. He, he missed the entire 2021 season, um, and then delayed. Remember, famously delayed his first sur- surgery to repair multiple ligaments until last June. Um, that's 13 months ago, or what is it? Yeah, 13. No, a little concerning. Yeah, 11. 13, 12 and a half, 13. 12 and a half. Uh, he had a setback in November that required a follow-up procedure. And now here we are in late May, and they're taking it easy on him. Yeah, he's almost 30 years old now, so keep an eye on that situation. By the way, one more note on Ray Liotta before we go to break. He also appeared in the 2014 film Flock of Dudes, directed by Bob Castrone, my friend in throwback podcast, uh, compadre. They need, they, the studio or the producers of the film wanted a big name in there, and they looked out like who's out there and Leota was there holding out his hand. He said, yeah, I'll work for a day. And he delivered like a key monologue in the third act of flock of dudes. Nailed it. Walked off. Never seen again. It's a, that, that's a, that's a, an excellently written and performed film. It also had Mario Lopez. So I wouldn't say they only got one big name. They, they snagged <laughs> at least two. Right. I meant for that particular scene, but yes, they sure. definitely got Slater as well. All right, let's take a break. And then we will talk about things that we're not so sure about in a segment called Wah, 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 Wah. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. What? 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 There it is. I I take the segment to mean you're incredulous about something that you've you're following in the NFL mm. sphere. 
I think I, I Michael think Thomas it, actually would have fit. He would have fit. Greg, yeah, I want to help you out here. Like I actually had Michael Thomas as a potential mm. category. So if you and I are reading the segment wrong, mm. we're at least on the same party line. Did he take one of your two? Mark? No, 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 no. It was lower down my list. Okay. Um, Ooh, so it wasn't even in contention. No, because no, just because it was late. That that kind of all happened this morning. So I'd already compiled some ideas. So I Mark just put it out there prepare. as a preparer. Mark, if you're going to ask for two, Mark's going to have nine ready. And uh, that is uh, an ode to his professionalism. Absolutely. Potentially. What? So Mark, because you're so professional, because your list was is so deep that the one that Greg brought up, uh, which was his, I guess, third best option was probably nine or 10 for you. We'd like to hear uh, your best, best option for the segment called He's all right, folks. He's you know, he's hanging in there. What? 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 All right. Well, I will. I'll go here because it's a little more football-y. I think it could have been a news item, and um, it stands out to me as a little bit bizarre. I, I I get that we're all in the mode of anything that happens at OTAs probably isn't that important, um, but there is the perception of things, and I think for certain positional players, being at OTAs or not. Um, either like builds confidence and, and allows us to see this person is super plugged in and they're about team, or it just leaves things hanging in a mysterious place. And I'm talking about Lamar Jackson because Ooh. it was John Harbaugh when asked why Lamar Jackson was not at OTAs. We all know he's got the contract thing hanging out there. John Harbaugh could have said, listen, I've talked with Lamar. Everything's fine. Move on. He simply said, you need to go essentially and ask Lamar Jackson that. And at this point, um, this is not a Kyler Murray situation in my mind, because if Kyler Murray's hanging back because his camp and the Cardinals want to hammer out a deal and get through the earlier drama of the offseason, and then at some point before camp, they get a big shining announcement and everyone everything's fine and you move forward. With Lamar Jackson, like I think the Ravens want to pay him. I don't know what that contract will look like, but it's like they've been open to the idea and talking about wanting to have Lamar Jackson on the team long-term, and they built essentially their entire offense and identity around him. He has lost his number one wide receiver. He's got a bunch of new people around him. It wouldn't be, he's got a new starting center, a new starting right tackle. It wouldn't be the worst time for him to show up and build a little bit of chemistry. And in, in the end, it's Lamar Jackson that has shown very little interest in hammering out a new deal with his own, you know, he's his own agent essentially. I'm sure he has some reps around him that are giving him advice. He's hanging back, and I guess I want to say no big deal because, you know, on social media and stuff, he's been very pro-Ravens, but it just seems a little strange to me. The timing of it, the way it's being handled, his absence for an offense that's in flux, I, I don't love it. I, I would like to see, and I know Greg's cooking something up here because he's been very um, attracted and aroused to the story and Lamar Jackson's contract plans and and his ability to maybe change the way things are done or whatever. I'm going to give Greg the runway in a moment. But I'd be curious how many starting quarterbacks, like what has been the participation uh, level of the quarterbacks? Um, because if he's in very much in the minority, I guess I'd put a little bit more into it because he does have a uh, – he has some new players there. and he's. Why don't we just talk about right now? Like Kyler's not there. Tom Brady's sometimes there, but sometimes not. Aaron Rodgers is not there. So that's just... Well, I don't I'm love that either, to, but... Yeah, I'm trying different. to think of, like, this season. Well, that's what I mean. I would like to have, like, the data, like, what is the overall number compared almost to... Almost all of know. them are... Almost all of them are there because you know when someone's not. 
Um, but Tom Brady, for instance, has skipped quite a few lately. Like Rodgers isn't there. Generally, younger players, they're, they're almost always there if it's not a contract thing. Lamar is like 25 or 26. He would qualify, I think, even though he's an established veteran at this point. Don't you think, though, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I don't care about Tom Brady being there or not because I don't have to in any way question Tom Brady's fortune with almost any team he's been on. There haven't been long Tom Brady, you know, contract standoffs or, or weirdly handled contract situations for the most part. Like, I'm not, I get it. Like, a big chunk of it is they're, they're doing something else. They're working. We know Lamar Jackson's working out, too. He's got a private QB coach. It's like, I'm not really questioning his all-in-ness, but this situation with the Ravens, just feels um, elongated, prolonged. Well, I think I think you're saying I I get what you're saying because it's like is he is he staying away because he has an issue with the state of negotiations or is it the other thing that we've heard, which is he's not really looking to negotiate because he wants to take maybe that Kirk Cousins route, so he's in no rush. Is there something to read into it? It's hard to say right now, but he wasn't. We know he wasn't thrilled with uh, trading. Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown over to Arizona. But other than that, we haven't really heard anything about Lamar Jackson being upset, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I, I don't I don't put too much into it. It's OTAs. I also think my whole idea that he's trying to change the game contract wise might not be right. I mean, that's my idea and that's some people's idea of like what he can and should do. I did I did some digging on this. I, I don't think anyone really knows if that's what he's doing or not. It probably is con- I, contract related to me. I mean, I I, I think he's waiting for uh, an offer and they, they sent one and he was just like, no. And you can say that's not negotiating or you can just say your offer wasn't good enough. Give another offer. Um, it, it all depends on how you want to play it. That apparently is how Lamar Jackson's playing. It doesn't seem... Too worrisome, um, but it's it's something to keep an eye on. His relationship between them and the Ravens, absolutely. All right, I'll throw one out there. Um, listen, you know this is trope season. It's all over the place now. We talked about little thick boy Zach Wilson. We heard trope that alert. your boy Greg up there trope in New alert. England, Mac Jones, has trope also alert. been. He's getting shredded. He's putting on muscle everywhere. You're hearing it, right? Uh, but the one that's my favorite so far this off season. It's in Big D, and it's C.D. Lamb, who said he's added 10 pounds of muscle during the offseason, but also he grew half an inch. <laughs> he grew. And C.D. Lamb turned 20. I did some digging on this. You want to talk about digging, Rosie? I did some digging. C.D. Lamb turned 23 years old last month, and it's nice to be 23. We all remember what it was like to be 23. There's a lot of exciting things going on in your life. But the one thing that you're not doing probably is getting taller by 23. And I I did some research, and I um, reached out to Dr. Alan Watson, an ophthalmologist, a highly respected doctor that I found on YouTube. And this is what he had to say about human growth. Generally, most individuals have reached 90% of their ultimate height by 18 years of age. Um, Some people are a little late bloomers and they can grow into their late teens, early 20s. But generally speaking, 21, people are usually the size that they will end up. Thank you, Dr. Watson. Dr. Alan Watson discussing the growth processes that affect both men and women. Thank you. The sign off. He signed off. Dr. Watson, thank you. I don't know if you're actually an established doctor, but you're giving me the information I need. What? what, what? You didn't grow. You're lying to me. You're lying to all of us, CD. 
I, you know, I had this high on my list because, I mean, I think of myself at 23, I would not have mind suddenly going through uh, growth spurt 2.0. I'm not saying 1.0 was that um, spectacular to begin with. So it's like, this would have been an incredible thing to happen in your early 20s. He, but didn't, say, he didn't say it doesn't happen. He said it's very unlikely, 90% by 18. He said, Some people do in their early 20s my, here and there. Well, 23, I, no, I think he meant, I think he meant like 20, maybe 21. Yeah, 23 is I'm sure some people in the world have grown at age 23 that height. Now, is it statistically (laughs) very unlikely? I guess so. But CeeDee Lamb is an incredible uh, specimen. Here's some more data. Here's some more data. And he is an incredible specimen. He's one in a million, but he's still human. As I understand, you made your wide receiver draft, which the the listeners voted uh, was the best between me, you, and Phoebe on uh, That's Monday. right. We'll get well, to Dan's, that. Dan's list was the Just best, by the way. I was kind of stunned by the But he tilted the scales. You missed it. He I'll made some it, ridiculous rules in the middle Once, of it. Oh, okay. We're going to get to it in better, a second. Once the growth plates in the bones close, a person will generally not grow any taller. Most females reach their full adult height between 14 and 15. Most males reach their full height by 16. It is very unusual. And now this is just from the Internet somewhere for a person to grow after age 19. So you're telling me four years later, lamb shooting up. I ain't buying it. That's still very unusual. Does not mean, you know, great. Can we? Yeah. Well, all right. Great. Can we drag you out of the urgent care to give us the data on the wide receiver draft um, with me, Greg and Phoebe? Sure. So Dan won uh, pretty handily Um, (laughs) about forty five hundred people voted. And um, forty five hundred on yeah. Instagram stories. OK, that's, that's pretty right. Good. good job. Everybody. And Dan, Dan took 64 percent of the vote. Greg, took 29 oh. percent of the vote. And Phoebe took seven percent of the vote. Well, I'm, t- spot, I'm too nice Phoebe. to do a, a guest of the podcast, but you can't put you can't put Kyle Pitts in the conversation. I knew she was done once she did that. I thought, you know, one thing she did was worry about just building an actual NFL team and not worry about the voters. Like I could have gone AJ Brown with my last vote. That would have. Why are you insinuating that I was worried about the voters? No, I built the room. Her team that she built makes sense to me as an NFL uh, team, and Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver. He, he, but wait, he was that the is. was that the task to get like an a, a true X a Y and a well yes. yeah we were supposed build to build a room tight build a room build a room yeah like what okay. your your room would hmm. be be complimentary and whatnot but um, Dan's team was great I'm not I'm not really denying it I I I like mine I think if he hadn't given me a ridiculous rule where I um, had to take Godwin in the third round because I needed a Super Bowl champ then my team would have looked a lot different so I did say. give you the option also of picking an SB winner so you actually had two data points that. <laughs> No you one, could've... no one knows who won an ESPY. <laughs> All right, uh, Greg, you're up. Thank Even you to the people that uh, won the ESPY. Um, and you know, just like Good Morning Football finally beat PTI for the best morning show or best, uh, I don't know what the category was, but shout out best to studio show. Best, best studio show. show. That's a big deal. Um, I too feel blessed and honored for this, uh, and humbled, quite frankly, for this victory. Greg, the floor is yours. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story about Javon Kinlaw this week. Did either of you guys see this? I did see yeah, this. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. So he got into uh, a little dust up um, with a, a writer named Grant Cohn. 
uh, who is the son of a longtime annoying agitator in San Francisco, Lowell Cohn. And it sounds, it seems, I never heard of his son before, but it seems like the, the you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Look at you burying and this dude in the setup. Okay, go ahead. I, I well, that, he is the person that is making me say, what? Uh, and <laughs> let, let's just like listen to it. So apparently, uh, Kinlaw went up to him a little bit at practice. They had a, a conversation and then Cohn tried to make content out of it. Eventually, Kinlaw ended up calling into uh, Cohn's show. So we have a little clip here. A couple ah. clips. You don't know me. You don't know where I'm from, bro. Put some respect on my name, brother. I'm a man just like you. My n- is bigger than yours, Hold brother. On. I asked you, I asked my you what I said about you. My b- is bigger than yours, brother. Put some respect yeah. on my name. All right, all right, Javon. Put some respect on my name, brother. Stop talking about me like I'm a like I'm an animal or something, brother. Oh, I don't know shoot. why we needed to um, beep out um, nuts or balls. I feel like you can say balls in in 2022. I was um, but curious. Some so other I looked words. It up yeah, and it I feel like you. Well, FCC. Justin is hooked up on life support, so you got to okay. Give FCC right. says Producer's you choice. can't say balls. Okay. Yep. Um, I appreciated Kin Kinlaw last comment there like stop talking about me like an, i'm an animal and i i made this mistake too as a at younger and i probably still do it now that sometimes you forget that these are people and this guy who I, I did a little research into what he said and things like that it's it's a bit of a shtick and he's treating them as sort of like characters in the play that he's playing and uh it's okay if an athlete wants to come back at him a couple of times i've got a couple more clips because it just i was watched the whole thing and it wait really, what did he it, say that i'm sorry what did he what was the initial He's basically been calling him a bust for a few years and making up little like nicknames, how he's always in the training room and just things like that, kind of making fun of making fun of the guy over the last uh, couple of years. Nothing I don't think happened too recently that that was like one specific thing. But I think he saw the chance of these guys are back at OTAs. I'm going to stare this guy down uh, and tell him what I think. You don't even understand that. Nobody fucks with you, brother. You need to go find a new job. Nobody fucks with you. What does that mean? What do you mean? What it mean? Nobody fucks with you. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious what it means, and nobody, nobody, nobody cares. Has, nobody. Fucks with you. But also, uh, Kinlaw shouldn't go on the show then because he's just giving this guy what he wanted. In the I know, first and place. I am too. Right. Ultimately, yeah. and I feel a little um, bad about that. But <laughs> and yet, I have I, another clip. <laughs> yet I do. Let's hear it again. You like to come on here and try to bully people on the internet. But when I press up on you in fucking person, you fucking shaking like a cow with voice lighter than my fucking baby, fam. What's up you with think that? I'm you, Javon? What's up with that, fam? You think I'm scared of you, Javon? Fam, I don't give a fuck if you oh, are no. not. All I know is when I walked up on you, your fucking body temperature was fucking cold as ice. Oh. I mean, the reaction from this guy, Grant Cohn, after all this happened on the on the field, by the way, was to immediately go tape a video, which I also watched on the field, uh, recounting it. And it was later that day that Kinlaw then went on his show being like, even when you're recounting the story, you're not telling the truth. He looked at this and this interaction as like, I'm going to make it into content. I'm going to make it into my name being bigger. And, and it worked. Uh, but that you don't get any respect for that. And that's what makes me say... <laughs> 
What? 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 Yes. Not still not enough somehow. No, and at the same time, that that sound clip is coming from super serious journalist Greg Rosenthal. So we we do live in a murky time. There's no way around that. I'm not saying I'm a super serious journalist. I'm just saying, uh, you know, you're getting what you deserve here of him calling you out if you're trying to use these interactions as just to build your name up. You show yourself. Greg. That was that was wild. And I, I just want to know what Kinlaw was eating during that interview. Yeah. I know. I saw at the very beginning he had just finished stuffing his face with something and he continued to chew. And that it was for a, like that's four a kind of long. a. Uh, not so subtle disrespect move also but i'm like the camera's pointing down as he's chewing and like chewing out this guy like the high high probability of food flying out right out of the, the lens uh, iphone there sure and i don't spot. think you call um i don't think grant cone can call him a friend of the show the way that we would no. the people that guest on ours it's not and i feel bad thing. promoting this and i think the whole thing is unfortunate john lynch actually got them together to to like try to make it more professional the following day, like in his office or something. Well, I'm sure they're best friends. And, um, and it, and it's all, it's all stupid, but it's late May. And I just thought our listeners need to hear this interaction. I thought it was entertaining. Wow. All right. Uh, give us one more Mark. I, I do. I would like to talk about a friend of the show, someone that, um, uh, you know, visited with us during Super Bowl week. And, uh, we were quite enamored as a group. Um, for good reason. We loved him as a player to begin with, but but the person also. And you know, a lot of these stories that are so annoying in May is that so-and-so is seeing the game move slow or all this noxious, uh, junk, it's just junk, flotsam. Ooh. But then you get a player that goes out and shows you in his actions that he's going to completely change his physical body. And I think, uh, Gravedigger, if you're well enough, if we could talk about Justin Herbert's body transformation um, this offseason, but it really dates back to how he looked when he hit town as a rookie, Graver, let's take a look. That's him. Um, you know, looks like he, he looks like he just woke up out now, of bed. The listeners by the way. at home just understand uh, that it's a photo of him early in his career, right? And he looks mark. he looks like build wise, kind of like uh, us, like you just sort of standing there. But then let's go to last off season. Justin Herbert prancing down. Beefcake Boulevard. This is a picture of him um, at what I would assume to be camp, but his arms now are looking kind of like uh, he's in a Marvel movie suddenly. But now this is just one year later, very recent. Look at him now. He's on the beach. If you can't see it, if you're listening, just imagine. <laughs> no, they like, definitely can't see it. Well, but they can go check it on YouTube. This is not lost. It's out there. This uh, picture of him now standing to a, next to a much smaller human being. San Diego he Padres looking fan. Maybe like Daniel a Jeremiah. 10 out of 10. I, I could be Daniel. That, he has a, With a beard? flowing beard, so I don't think so. But Herbert has gone through a genuine body transformation, and he already was sort of um, a bit of a hunk. So it makes me say... <laughs> What? 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 I, I do mean, have one concern because do you ever wait, see? Wait, why does it make you say what? Because yeah, he's not leading any. I'm um, par for the course for these guys. Right? Any hotness left for you in Southern California? I like, love. He's I love it because it, it gives anyone hope that you can just take the next oh, okay. couple of months and like amp up your own body if you need to. He had a very awkward exchange with a reporter about it this week too. I don't know if you saw that where they were just like, oh, you know, what have you been doing to work out? You look hot as hell, dude, what's up? Yeah, essentially that was the question back and forth and he was like asking how much he lifted and it, it got kind of awkward. Well, the, well he, listen, 
it's like that's what this whole thing at this time of year is for. The guys show up and these reporters, um, you know, there's not so much you could ask about. It's kind of like a uh, little low, low octane in the news uh, calendar uh, cycle right now. So like, oh, you look a little bigger. Like, what have you been doing? What are you putting up? I get uh, it. What it. Yeah, there's not a lot of territory. And it it is striking. You're right, Mark. I hadn't seen that picture. That is I also like this. This is beyond my knowledge. And perhaps I should be more plugged in on such things. But like with the Zach Wilson thing, he went from 202 at the end of last season. Now he's 221. And they asked him, how did you do it? And he said, well, I got a real sweet tooth. So I had to cut out all those things. And my mind was like struggling to wrap. So you could not eat anything sugary to put on weight, but you still put on 19 pounds or whatever it was in the course of six months. Well, right. You don't want to add 21 pounds of like Reese's pieces. But muscle weighs, weighs, uh, uh, you know, a lot more. The, the, the heaviest I've ever been was the one time I actually was like in great shape in my entire life. I weighed about 10 more pounds and that was, and that was like the one time I ever, um, had a body that could compare with Mark's right now. Pick, please. <laughs> I had this like mountain run where we like were racing up mountains 15 miles for a couple months. Let I'll me allow see you your to keep overinflating my physical appearance. <laughs> All right. I think I'm up. Hey, so remember, uh, remember this? This is a uh, report from Pro Football Talk on the final day of February. For multiple sources, the Dolphins plan to pursue Sean Payton to be the coach and Tom Brady to be the starting quarterback of the Dolphins. The plan was scrapped after Brian Flores filed his lawsuit against the NFL, accusing the league and its 32 teams of discriminating against him and other black coaches for their hiring practices. Florio later doubled down on his reporting, adding more depth, writing the Dolphins privately acknowledged that they had contacted the Saints about the possibility of hiring Peyton. As to Brady, the Dolphins privately acknowledged that there had been discussions about Brady becoming a minority owner of the team. And then remember this, Flores also alleged, Brian Flores, now an assistant coach of the Steelers, former head coach of the Dolphins. Flores also alleged in his lawsuit that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, pressured him to tank the 2019 season and offered him $100,000 for each game the team lost. And uh, to that I say... What? 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 Remember this? Remember that this was and is a thing that is happening around the Dolphins? Did we forget? Did we just move on as a football cognizante? I... And you see this outside football as well. I'll use an example in the, the geopolitical sphere. Um, remember a few months back when Russia invaded Ukraine and immediately everyone, the immediate consensus was the, this had the potential to turn into a huge human rights violation of epic proportions. And it was the biggest uh, militarized land grab since Hitler was involved uh, in the 1940s and late 30s. And we were all like, this is really bad news. But I know this is still something that's heavily reported, but you feel like it's kind of faded from the national consciousness a, le- a little bit um, on a, obviously a much impossibly smaller scale. Like in the NFL, it's like a similar situation with what's going on with the Dolphins, where this, this is a huge, massive story that connects directly uh, with the Miami Dolphins and their future. 
and this whole Tom Brady story, like we all, everyone doing their hand wringing, including Baker Mayfield himself about, ooh, woe is me. Like I'm not loved by my team. And then this report came out that the Dolphins were trying to get Tom freaking Brady to take over as the quarterback. And Mike McDaniel's like, oh man, this guy's a little different. He's a little outside the box. He's going to be good for this organization. They didn't want Mike McDaniel. They wanted Sean Payton. And now you have this potential tanking investigation that the NFL wants to head up that could lead to God knows what in terms of penalties if it's proven. And yet nobody talks about that. Everyone's just like, oh, the Dolphins, they, they're they feisty. They got Tyreek Hill. There's a lot going on. What, 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 what? It's, it's well said uh, when it comes to the <laughs> Dolphins. Like, I feel like Steven Ross is not even like the owner under the most fire right now. It's it's Dan Snyder, if you, if you would have to choose one. But Roger Goodell was asked about this the last time he was taking questions. Um, that was at one of those league meetings, and it was essentially a non-answer. The investigation is ongoing. Uh, you know, they did that one for Hugh Jackson awfully quick, uh, but this Stephen Ross one is just ongoing. And you're right, it's an, it's an absolutely insane story that the both prongs of it are insane but especially the uh the florist prong of it like you want to see this league um handle it with respect handle it with some self-respect like i'm not expecting them to boot out steven ross necessarily uh but man do something about it i'm with you but i yet i'm not surprised on any level i i agree with everything you said dan but look at the jerry jones situation in that building and it's like nothing happened with that I mean, the investigation is ongoing, but we've already talked about the Raiders and Kaepernick today, which sails the Mark Davis and other junk that's happening inside that building down the river because we just pay attention to the newest colonel. It's partly on the viewer, like the consumer, the media, the reporters, everyone. It's like we live in a time where like whatever happened yesterday that we're all up in arms about. Um, doesn't even exist a week from now. Right. Well, the Ukraine thing is a little bit, that's probably the American um, side of us co- coming into it too. I, I think we are a particularly like navel-gazing country and in, in, in just the proximity. Right, other parts of the world of probably have not lost um, their focus <laughs> yeah. on the Ukraine Right, scenario. I'm focusing on where we are. But like the Miami also orchestrating a, a 007 style yacht meeting with Tom Brady to discuss ownership and well, and that the ownership like... <laughs> happened again this offseason the whole thing the whole idea and that necessarily wouldn't have involved him quarterbacking which that seemed a little far-fetched to me that he would be part owner but not necessarily playing or not necessarily playing right away like these are it's one of the wildest stories we've ever heard you're right and it's a well, true that, story it's like it is like it's it wasn't one of the... denied no one denied it it's one of the craziest stories involving the biggest player in the history of the sport in uh, directly and what you're saying is right. And that's, I guess, part of the point I was making that how is the NFL going to handle this right? Are they going to do right uh, by Brian Flores? Is the investigation going to be fair? But also just in general, the Dolphins are spoken of as a team on the rise. And it's like until all this is cleared up and I, I'm like even more zoned in on the situation involving the tanking allegations, if there's like a smoking gun there. That's going to ruin the franchise for years in terms of what you would think the damages mm. would be in terms of penalties. Uh, I like it when your Jets-Dolphins rivalry thing comes out, you know, uh, just a little bit. I mean, also, uh, we oh. on our show spent a season in like delving into the fish tank. I think we were on the tanking thing 
uh, well before th- these charges <laughs> came to, to light. I mean, we, we no also spent the season we talking about deflated footballs. I mean, that would drive uh, <laughs> drive West nuts. Me too. I just was a little quiet about it. And um, and yeah, this is a lot more serious, I think, than than that. And you see how the and that was handle that. Well, it's funny too. Like you mentioned that. Uh, and first of all, yeah, the Patriots. What uh, cheating? It was terrible. But like. <laughs> Uh, Tom Brady directly involved with that storyline. Tom Brady directly involved with this story, uh, not as a central participant in everything and some of the more salacious details, but in terms of like, he's in the center of everything. He's like the Forrest Gump of like the modern NFL. What's more like like insane than the fact that Tom Brady like destroyed his cell phone? In, In other realms of like how the legal system works and people get caught for X, Y, and Z, destroying your cell phone, for instance, like in a murder case, would make you look immediately guilty, and it's like I like that we're doing this again. No, I mean, but he, but he's right though. Like that, you don't. We don't now. We move on to the sports side. So if quick. Wes now was just, ever now going to come back on the show and just appear, it would be right now, and he'd just be yelling. I don't know if Wes was a fan of destroying your cell phone. I think the rest of it annoyed him, but yeah, the, just the story. Well, Tom, Tom Brady's got his um, his crypto to fall back on, so. Um, all right, Greg, do you want to close things out here? I, I will. I'm going to close out um, with uh, something that happened at practice yesterday for the Cleveland Browns. And it was Anthony Walker, their linebacker, having a press conference. And after one question, Deshaun Watson stopping the press conference and doing like a supposedly like spur of the moment thing where he gave uh, some Rolex, a Rolex box during Anthony Walker's press conference uh, as payment for the fact that Anthony Walker gave Deshaun Watson number four. And the, the two men hugged, and it led to a big headline uh, on Cleveland.com. Deshaun Watson presented a Rolex watch, 50K donation to his school, and a season of suits all to Anthony Walker. And it was this moment, and they're hugging, and he's laughing about it, and Anthony Walker... D- said he was not going to open the box in, in front of everyone. Um, and it's just like, you're not, you're not fooling anyone. Maybe you are fooling it, someone because the, the whole idea was like, this guy's been a great teammate. Oh, I love the way they do this. He waits till Anthony Walker, of all people, has a press conference and waits for that little moment to have this phony little fake uh, thing to show that he's a good teammate. And... It's like, I know the Browns fans are, or people just don't want to hear about Watson's like, how come you're not moving on from it? It's like, they're not moving on from it either. Like Deshaun Watson is not moving on from it. He won't be moving on from it. This is going to be part of his life for a while. Um, and so like, we we can't either. And part of it is this little like phony charm offensive. That's like a PR strategy that you just can't take seriously. It just makes me like makes me like a, a little sick and you saw his lawyer come out this week and start doing the rounds to kind of fight back supposedly against the women that um, his accusers that spoke on HBO sports and it's all happening at once. And it's just like, come on, man, like you're, no one is no one with their right mind is falling for this. Uh, and it just makes me, you know, it makes me say, what am I doing? Like ruining a fun segment, like what, what, um, <laughs> with uh, talking about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. This is, this there, is what's you, I don't know if it. you guys saw the HBO Real Sports with yes, Brian Gumble segment. Ashley Solace, um, one of the accusers, and uh, Solace and another accuser, Kyla Hayes, 
both provided details in the meetings with Watson uh, and both said they were offended. They feel offended by the 230 million guaranteed contract the Browns gave Watson. Uh, Sala said, it's just like a big screw you. That's what it feels like that we don't care. He can run and throw. And that's what we care about. Added Hayes. It was sick to me. I felt like he's being rewarded for bad behavior. Well, and I mean, but Greg, I know you, I, I know you feel like no one's falling for it, but I think on the other flip side is that there are a lot of people willing to ignore um, huge chunks of what's happening at that position to the Cleveland Browns line up because of what he can do. I mean, I think it would be sure. a terrible time to be on the social media team of the Browns where even today, right minutes before the show, they're putting out, you know, on field drills where Watson's throwing this perfect deep pass. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I feel really comfortable with the idea of walking away from that experience as a fan, but there are huge chunks of Browns fans that have just said, I'm forging on, we want to win. Right, and I, think I, and that's, I, I get you know. that. I get that. It's just this, I just don't think, like if you watch the interviews w- with the women and and what what they said they did and everything, it's like, I don't think there is a moving on until there is some contrition. And the whole idea, and if you watch the clips from like his depositions, which were part of the HBO thing, it's like, He's still just lying all the time. He's lying and not uh, showing any contrition and not not really trying to move on and live with what he did. He's living a lie. And that's what I, when I saw this stupid moment in the press conference, that just felt very much like living a lie. And it's like you're not going to be able to move on from all of this. And you won't because you're going to be in court for the next year unless you change uh, your mind on how you're going to approach it. The Browns are really posting... OTA clips of him completing oh, passes and things like that. It's been going nature. on. It's been going on for weeks. I mean, like but, other stuff that he did too. I mean, they're they are taking the stance of we are celebrating the football side of this, and they have, they're in an impossible right. situation because yeah. they sort of have to too. I, I I honestly don't know what they could do. It's just the situation that they're well. What in. they could do is not sign Deshaun Watson. Right, that's what I mean. I mean right. the social because media team. They, because what I think they've been especially, and it's not just them, because we know the Saints and the Falcons and other teams wanted this guy in their quarterback room, but it's the Browns that ultimately got them. Like, There's a level of obliviousness uh, and a, ob- obtuse nature to not understand the layers that have come with this. And now every time you post Deshaun Watson throwing a spiral on your Twitter feed and they're like, how beautiful is this? There's a large segment of the population that are like, ew, that's gross. This is gross. Why is this happening? And uh, I don't think they get that yet. And maybe they do get it. And like you're saying, they have no choice. The people that work for the organization just got to move forward. But that's not where the case is. That's not where the victims are. It's uh, who I don't think Watson gets it. I think they get it. I don't think Watson, I think Watson's living in a disassociated state to some degree about his right. own reality. He, but he at no point has had people around him willing to help him like face this. Because I actually think it's a forgiving country. It's a forgiving, certainly fans in general. There, There is absolutely a way he could address this and move on, but he's, he's not wanting to. So miss me with like this fake watch bull. Right. And to Dan, to your point, I think that there were, I would say at most five to 10 people that made this decision to, to pursue him, to sign him, to do, to use the money that way. I mean, the future money is insane. And they, they valued that higher than whatever reaction would come, including the fact that you've had 300 people in that building that might feel very differently about this, that have to go along with it. Not your fan base, your own kids, the kids of the fans, you know, 
I don't know. It's super messy, and we it's very clear. Their actions, which we talked about all episode, tell you everything. All right. There you go. That's what, 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 what. Did get heavy there, but, you know, it's good. It's important to talk about it. Can't let the can't let this team and this player off the hook. Well, it's not that yeah, easy. We were, we were batting around this segment idea yesterday, and then this clip passed me. And it, re- it really did. I was just, you know, in, in my room, like, flipping through Twitter. And I and just, uh, I couldn't help it. Naturally, just out of my mouth came, what? 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 Give me a break. We, we lost Justin. He's gone now. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what? 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 Okay, what? I don't need the long version. Okay, thank you. All right, I'm trying to look now before we say goodbye. I'm looking at the post-Goodfellas Ray Liotta catalog. It's a little rough. It's a little touch and go. Uh, he did Field of Dreams in 89. He does Goodfellas in 90, which is one of the great one-two punches. Uh, and at that point, he is the pick i would say or one of the picks is the leading man of the 90s just never really happened for ray but he did work steadily i did like i remember the movie unlawful entry in 92 he played the crooked cop i think madeline stowe was the uh female protagonist in that film you know not um, bad. Familiar sounds familiar one. but i it's not something i've watched in recent days I don't know. Does anything jump out to you, Mark? He was in Blow. I think he played Johnny Depp's dad in Blow. That was kind of an important comeback vehicle for him. Taking a look here. Uh, no, I mean, after after some of those Sin City, some people enjoyed that. Wild Hogs. I know, Greg, you were a big Wild Hogs guy. Anything Travolta, I know you're... I mean, that was, that was one of those, hey, we've got people, let's put them in some cowboy outfits. <laughs> No, they were they were motorcycle guys. <laughs> oh, and then of course, yes, uh, Flock of Dudes, 2016. Check it out. Check out Flock of Dudes. Uh, give Bob Castrone, Jay Zumwalt, my friend Brian Levin, some of that sweet, sweet royalty money. Some of that mailbox money. Some of that open up the mailbox and you get money. I don't know if it's like sixty cents or whatever, but every every uh, stream of Flock of Dudes mm. helps the enterprise. We need something like that. We need something. Yes, um, we that do. Could make us royalty. Mailbox money? Yeah. You know, maybe the E True Hollywood story. Um, I don't know if that would get a lot of royalties because we wouldn't own it. Uh, I did mention, I, I dropped that. Com- um, maybe a commercial. Give us some commercials. Oh, one other thing you missed, Mark. During your time away, I uh, I dropped a little nug to Andrew Marchand that we were in negotiations on a contract. Mm. I wonder if he's been digging since then. Digging Will on that get us? I wonder if that would create. Um, an article with the seismic uh, impact that some of his recent ones has. I don't think so, but you, it's a it's a popular niche. Basically, market. I handed him a piece of thread, right? And he's like, "Hey, you want to pull on this? You want to tug? Take a walk? You can. If you don't, that's cool too. That's he good said, job. Wait, good he, job he, by he you. Like looked at the piece of thread. And he, wait a second, my phone's <laughs> ringing. It's Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the thread. All right. Uh, good app. Good to have the gang back together. Graver, get well soon. You were a real warrior. He'll be back on a plane with his significant other on Monday. So that's cool. Uh, So we'll be back with a new episode on Tuesday. So look for it on Tuesday. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We got a bunch of exciting things coming up uh, down the pike as we head into the summer. So keep listening. Keep believing. Right, Mark? That's That's what I would say. That is, you've said it well. Keep keep believing in whatever it is that you uh, believe in. <laughs> and uh, until then, 
heed the call. <laughs>